Welcome back, bullshitters. Um, we're in the pub uh, in Devon, in lovely Willand. Uh, we've got Tom Parrott with us, and we're going to have a little bit of a chat about, well, all sorts of things. We'll probably go right around the houses, but essentially we're going to start off with the idea of getting more from less. And if there's less, does that mean you get everything from nothing? Anyway, let's start on this. Hi, Tom. Welcome. Hello, Carl. <laughs> Fancy meeting you at a pub again. <laughs> yes, yes, we don't we don't have to go into too much history here. I think Tom, we oh, can uh, all right. keep we... things civilized. Yeah. Oh, hello, you're here too. I'm here yeah. too. Yes, yeah. Andrew's here. Where there's one, there's two. Yeah. yeah, looking a bit sleepy in the corner. <laughs> feeling a bit sleepy. It's yeah. his birthday. He was playing rugby last night. Oh, now we get the truth of it. I'm hugging the hugging the radiator, keeping warm and putting. He's still trying to warm up your bones. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't his seventieth birthday. It was his thirty fifth. So just put that into context. Halfway to seventy. Oh Jesus, miserable fucker. So, <clears throat> Tom. Yes, thank, Carl. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for lunch. Uh, oh, look, <laughs> it's not here. It's not here yet. It's not here yet. <laughs> It might be horrible, so don't say thank you. I doubt it. It won't be horrible. So um, we we sort of like had a bit of a preamble beforehand, and we were sort of like talking about um, you you you're part of big ag setup, if you like. You belong to a big distributor company, a big sort of like chemical seed fertilizer company. Um, obviously, there's a lot of spin now for regenerative agriculture. Um, you know, and as we were saying, that sort of like boils down to getting more from less. So, yeah, we'd just like to explore that a bit and see what what you actually mean by that. I'm a company that wants to sell more. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you know, if we if we all put our commercial hats on, doesn't matter where you are or what side of the fence you sat on, everybody has to make a living to survive. 100. percent so I think the first thing for me is looking at that wonderful title of regenerative agriculture. Mm. And I think there's been plenty of people that have pulled it apart and everything else. And I, I often wonder that, was there a farmer that suddenly realised that actually if he had some animals, a field, he didn't plough it every year, that all of a sudden made him regenerative? Or was it someone that decided that they could spin a yarn on it and make a few bucks out of it and someone... was <coughs> Sorry, sorry, what was that? You got something stuck in your throat there? Was that a bit of a, a, little, fair ball. Ball. <laughs> a little, little ticket? Have a sip of your uh, beverage, sir. Yes, I'm good. So I think we have to be. My first port of call with that is. And it's a little bit like Andrew said in the past. Everybody's farming. Everyone wants to keep farming. No one wants to be accused of, I don't know, malpractice or anything like that. Mm. And I think part of that journey is, you know, we've had a lot of artificial inputs over those years. Increase and increase and increase and increase. And there's been huge amounts of money spent across the whole spectrum of the business. And it's not been a bad thing. You know, we've really learned how to get the best out of each crop, how the, you know, how to get everything to sing to its maximum genetic potential. You know, we're probably still not there, are we? You know, no. you used to be involved with seedy stuff, didn't you, I Carl? did, I did. Um, you know, that genetic journey is still ongoing. Look at how far maize has come along. Yeah. So actually, the more that you kind of get these crops to perform themselves, how do you then set them up to be able to perform to their maximum potential? So my argument is you don't set up an athlete to go and do a routine, an exercise, a race or whatever, and at the start of that, or an hour before, you give them a slice of brown toast and say, there you go, jog on. Mm. 
Oh, okay, there's been many jokes back to me about um, he's seen Bolt having chicken nuggets and then setting the world record. I've heard, yeah, heard that. <laughs> or was in, that? That was in B. Beijing, wasn't it? Yeah, was so I can't remember where he said it. He didn't it, but like I... the food in the. No, so he had village. chicken McNuggets. So he literally, there was a McDonald's across the road, so he lived on McDonald's chicken nuggets for the whole wow. time. And then set a world And then won three gold medals, 100, like 200 in the relay. Man's a machine. It's like I mean, if anyone's got any winter wheat setting world records being fueled by liquidised chicken nuggets, let us know. Well, it might be fish, fish hydrolysate. Oh, God, is he? Chicken hydrolysate. Yeah. Is that a thing? Have we, have we not, enough, isn't yeah. that just called uh, you know food waste AD? Well, yes. Isn't that yeah. just digest AD? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that we can power plants on our food waste yeah. really should just open a few people's eyes, in my my view. Mm. Anyway, we've slipped down a bit of a, a blind alley. As there, usual. As usual. So, uh, what's the darts player? The bloke who has the Luke Littler. Yeah, that's one. He likes a kebab as well, doesn't he? I wouldn't put. No, him he in celebrates the same... with a kebab because he's too young to go out and have a beer. Oh, right. So he's skipping the beer and going straight to the hangover. Does he sort of like just wander around, throw it at the kebab shop window? Bring a few J2Ls out. Yeah. Yeah. He's not in the same athletic class as Usain Bolt, though, is he? No, not quite. No, not quite. No. No. Can can I just point out, chaps, that I don't feel any three of us are. Well, in a position to be able to pass the comment on this. I do archery, you ride bikes. Andrew does rugby, so I we are athletes around. in a way, aren't we? So, well, that's right, kind of you to say. I, so. I think I tend more to the what's his name, Rick the, Waller. The fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Ricky Gervais said about him. He's got the same biological um, makeup as a pork scratching. <laughs> <laughs> He's fifty-five percent fat or something. Anyway, moving on. So I jest, of course. Yeah. What's your tongue doing in your cheek? Get it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, we sort of like took you off on a bit of a tangent there. Sorry, this will happen. Yeah. yeah, no. So, you were saying? So, in terms of now making things, let's rephrase that, you want to get as much bang for your buck as you can in any business. And it's not just agriculture. You know, everybody wants value for money. But there's always going to be an element of you pay for what you get. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm. You know, if you pay more money, you expect better quality. But that quality has got to mean a better end result for you, your business. Yeah, It's all very well buying, I don't know, a swanky car, and because someone said it's really good. But if it's in the garage after a thousand miles, mm. yeah. and the cheapy car's just done 5,000 miles past it, mm. well, actually, hang on a minute, where's the value in that for you as a yeah. user? So the same thing applies in my little brain for the idea of inputs on crops. So probably no great secret, I quite like nutrition uh, and find it quite interesting. And there's an amazing variation in terms of what you can get, where you can put it, how you can put it there and what you get at the end of that journey. Sounds like you've got the same uh, internet history as me then. No comment. (laughs) It's all gone very awkwardly quiet, yeah. hasn't it? Well done, Carl. How to kill a conversation, yeah. I do apologise. No, no, you don't. It's, it's, it's sounding a little bit like... Uh, the mind goes back to, you know, if you spend more money, you're going to get better quality. And it, that, it's not saying more is more. Um, and that's not what we're trying to say. But I think it's it's where you're spending the money. And, and I think the focus always has to come back to the bottom line. More yield doesn't always mean greater profits. Um, So it's utilising the resources and the money that you want to spend on 
a crop needs to be spent more carefully um, and you need to consider all of the different options to ensure that the end yield isn't necessarily the best yield but it is the best profit that you could get from that set of circumstances. So one of my um, friends at work he put up a slide the other day and he put um, a Matthew Harris drill the old combination on it and I was like oh yeah I remember that and then you kind of get thinking about this and you think yeah it's a funny thing in it with agriculture never think, nothing's ever really that new mm. it just comes back round around the revolutionary wheel again and it's kind of got a new twist on it and a new bit of technology and you could say that in terms of things like nutrient use efficiency I think there's a little bit too much focus on my liking on nitrogen yeah, use efficiency every time you say NUE in a room everyone goes oh nitrogen, nitrogen use efficiency yeah. oh yeah. yeah very interested in that well hang on a minute let's take it a step back you know because if you've got a massive imbalance of one mm. yeah, the rest all fall mm. out of the old Mr whatever his name was Barrel was it Le- Leibers Barrel Leibers Leibig, Leibig, yeah, we'll get there. Leibig, Leibig. Mm, there you go. Labia? No. But everything. That's your website. So, that's that's your search history, history. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that last comment about where you were coming from. That was the, uh, yeah. Um, uh, it's things like that that I always find quite interesting because you think, well, hang on a minute. All those years ago, we were using that technology to place fertilizer. So obviously, someone somewhere decided that, that was a good thing. When did it fall out of fashion, and why is it coming back into fashion now? And I hate to use the word fashion in agriculture, but oh, yeah. I remember selling, you know, fully mounted, ten for crazy ass sized plows. Then all of a sudden, I was being told that they were so yesterday, and, and we're selling Duxfoot cultivators. And yeah. then all of a sudden, I go into the inputs trade, and you can still watch the wheel turning. And then but all of a sudden, we're that, that's part of the problem. And I think we sort of mentioned this earlier. Is that you go through these trends, these fads, these fashions, and it's because, right, Mr. Farmer, you've just bought a plow. Right, well, if the plow's any good, it's going to last a while. Yeah. And I'm a machinery manufacturer, and I make money when I sell machinery, so what fad fashion can I now start so you, the farmer, comes back to me and buys something else because the plow that was perfect yeah. is no longer perfect and you've got to buy something else. You know, was it the old washing machines? You used to buy a washing machine, it would last you a lifetime. Well, now they deliberately make them of lower quality, so you've got to go back and buy Yeah. So is it, not, is it not similar with agriculture and these machineries? I think seeds. But it's, way, not, it's just almost driven by them, though, isn't no, it? No, I think not just. in my brain, it's almost like if you've got like a globule of mercury and you put your finger on it and it moves. And I think what it is, if you start with something like the plough, in agriculture, the soil is a dynamic system, as it, you know, you've got so many different variables. If you shift one variable, the whole system moves. And so the consequences of using a plough are going to be various other things. So you have to find a solution for that other thing. And eventually, well, you're going to shift facilitate, everything. Facilitate for the earthworms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and the, the microbes. When two become one again. Yeah. Oh, that's a song, isn't it? It's, it's a way of doubling the number of earthworms, though, isn't it? Oh, chuck. I'm on a serious point here, motherfuckers. So... So what, what I think it is, so the plough sets off one change in this dynamic system and then sort of um, scientists etc will find a, a, a new bit of tech that will cure that and then that will have its impact and it will shift things around so there's a new bit of tech and eventually it all comes back round to we have to plough and I think that's the nature of it. You've got a dynamic black box, the soil, and every every 
impact that you make on it has unintended consequences, which you have to then use technology to fix. But that's that goes back to me getting on my little soapbox about nutrient use efficiency because we can now understand that better than we've ever been able to understand it before. But that's in a closed but system. The bottom line comes back to your dynamic black box of the soil. Yeah. yeah. You know, I used to um, <coughs> a few years ago used to lay patios and uh, do landscape gardening with an old Yorkshire boss of mine and I will never ever forget because every time we used to do the foundations you'd say the same thing start off with a good foundation and the rest will come true my boy do you know what yeah. it's no different in agriculture is it if yeah. you've got a soil that's utterly shot it doesn't yeah. matter what you could do you could make it snow with nitram or, or ammonium nitrate or whatever yeah. description you want to give it it ain't going to grow no. all you're going to do is just spank a fortune on it just to grow one crappy little tiller yeah Shit in, shit out. Exactly. And and look at where we are now with, <clears throat> dare I mention the weather, I'm glad this is a podcast because no one can physically slap me, <laughs> but, you know, it's absolutely crucified the soils. Yeah. The structures, the profiles, where Nutrient nutrients content. are. Yeah, I mean, the earthworms have gone so far down, you'd probably need a blinking mining drill to find them. <laughs> but is, it, is the weather ruined that, or is the way in which we've managed the soils and then the weather that we've heard had an effect. Sorry about that. Suspected spam. <laughs> and it's not me this time. No, 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 it's not you this time. <laughs> but if, if we, you know, come back to, and, and I, I have a firm believer as a non-arable person, um, that winter wheat isn't sufficient soil coverage or root development to really survive the winters that we're having. The soil losses that we have, the erosion, the runoff, you see it, you know, you look at tram a, lines. A, the tram lines, you see it Did through the field. Did you say not as an arable supporter or from the arable sphere? As an arable sphere, man. Not no, an arable no, man. No, an arable he was concerned man. about the runoff in winter wheat, development of winter wheat. Do we, do we mention the tall, long, thin stuff that hangs around that feeds dairy cows at all? Or is that, if we do, I, do I get that, chastised for that? Talk about maize. That's stuff yeah, that you yeah. harvest yeah. in the worst... Worst air conditions, yeah. and it leaves like, loads of stubble around. Yeah. But, you know, thankfully, there's lots of new varieties around that well, are getting I would, earlier. I, would, I think if, the badgers like it too, don't they? Yeah. I, have before, smiling? Yeah. I have said before, once or twice, that if I could ban a crop, it would be maize. And I say that as a dairyman. Yeah, but why would you ban it? Because of the okay, 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 get really on my biggest soapbox ever in the whole wide world now. My favorite, one of my favorite things, and I'm, I'm I'm guilty of not having it myself in life, but everything needs to be done in balance. Mm-hmm. So if you want to grow a maize crop, yeah, you set the soil up, you grow the right, right variety, you under sow it so you can graze it, you take it off early enough, and then you've got a crop left behind. No who, problem. Who, it's in balance. If you can do that, brilliant. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. if you can't, then yeah. do you then say? Mr. So Andrew, the livestock farmer, says, well, I'm not going to grow it. I, if I had any ounce of control or influence over anybody, which I unfortunately Does don't... Does that include yourself in that? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes no, no, no. Would be, look, if you can't do that, or you're unable to do that for whatever reason, you shouldn't be growing it. Yeah. Because the damage to the soil, the wider environment... Maize in itself, yes, although it doesn't necessarily analyse as well as it feeds, um, you know, it does feed a lot better than it analyses, but it also attracts badgers. So there are a number of downsides <laughs> to growing maize, and if you can't do so, you know, environmentally sensitively, 
so you are considering that environment, is it worth doing? And I would argue the same for um, winter wheat crops. If you cannot sustain the soil in a winter wheat field, over the winter period, should you be growing? I don't know, I'm very distracted by what's come out of the kitchen now. <laughs> oh, that's me. I'm going to halt proceedings just for a moment. Right, a few technical issues there. Uh, we've had some food, feeling very nice. Not the first technical issues either. No, no it's not. No. <laughs> Thanks. Are we allowed to take the mickey out of you for that? No, please do. No, I'm just wondering how many more comments it's got before you start cussing again. I, I, I try not to fucking swear, but I can't avoid it all the time. Such anyway, 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 anyway. So we've had some food. We're waiting for some uh, dessert. Some people call it pudding. Some people call it afters. I don't know what's right. I'm just going to call it desserts, or afters, or pudding. So right, let's carry on. Where were we? Afters. Afters. Trying to figure afters. out what the hell's going on inside your head. Not much. There's, there's more than one podcast in there, isn't there? There is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Just look, at his, just look at his browser history. Don't you'll get, you'll get a pretty good gist. Don't pull at that string. Please don't pull at that string. Is that on your search history as well? String? No, never mind. Moving oh, on. Yeah. Okay, Tom. So, so, we were talking about less is more, wasn't it? We were. Or more is less. Even. Which way around was it? More is less. Ooh, no, even even more from technique, even less. No, more from no. less. More, more, from, more less. from less. Yeah, less more is from more. Because you put on less and you get more yield out. Yeah. Do you? So is that efficiency? Well, this is, goes back to us talking about nutrient use efficiency and understanding. That's it where more. we were. I see. See, yes, we were. We so you were slating wheat, <coughs> weren't you? And maize. And maize. Bloody seamless this podcast, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yes. We is professionals. We are professionals. <laughs> The quality is outstanding. That's yes. it, yeah. I, I expect this to be up for one of them golden Grammy granny things or whatever it is. Uh, another. 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 <laughs> another <one>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did I miss my invite to that? Well, if we hit ten listens, we might. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so, should we try and give those ten listeners some... Yeah. Go on, I'm going to say it. Context. It's context, okay. Oh, oh there you go, you see, context. That's Our favourite word. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's another... Can we call that an Americanism now? In, sen- in the in the context of regenerative <laughs> agriculture, context I think is in context. Yeah, it's bollocks. Um, moving on. Well, it's not bollocks because it's everything. But it's that kind of goes without course. saying, isn't that it? Whole yeah, it Gabe Brown saying, "Oh yeah, this new six of worms thing." Now. See, he was going on about his five principles, and now he says, "Oh, we've got a sixth one now." And he says, "What is it? It's context." And that's just like, oh. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Brilliant. Here we go. Do, do, do the podcasters mind if I eat my mouth? No, my mouth or, we can, we can I, no, they don't. I, I eat and talk at the same time. Covered in sticky toffee pudding. <laughs> well saved. Context. Yes, context. Yeah. Context is everything. Do you get your <laughs> Do you get your cream all over me? I will be most I haven't, distressed. I haven't got any cream. I haven't got ice cream. Don't try and put visions into our poor listeners' minds. Okay. So, wheat and maize. We were talking about. Yeah, ban them both. Ban them both. No. Okay. Well, that's don't ban them both. Very reasoned discussion. Why not? Well, because you've still got to feed people, even if you put everyone onto a. But as, as a, a ruminant animal, shouldn't they be eating? Why are we eating grass? cows? Cows are expensive. They are expensive. So if we, society... if we strip everything back and go back to caveman Andrew, caveman Tom, mm-hmm. it's going to take us a long time to build up the energy to 
go hunt caveman cow. Why? Why do we? we eating grains. Yeah. Why do we eat meat now? And so, and I noticed because we can afford to. In, yeah, in Africa, there was a move away from um, because they were increasing their wealth. By the way, I'll just say this sticky toffee pudding's quite nice. Context. The if I start drooling while watching you eat it, I'll oh, tell everyone that you have. Yeah. yeah they were moving away from eating goat and they were moving what they considered up the social ladder by being able to afford to have beef. So it has been considered a luxury premium product that the upwardly mobile, upper middle class, whatever you want to call it, can afford to eat. So it's become a status symbol rather than a necessity. Now we can open the can of worms it is George Monbiot's book and his theories on everything but there is an ounce of truth in it that actually reducing the meat intake isn't necessarily a bad thing for us as humans so you definitely have this win over me because I don't I haven't read that book along yeah. with many other books I haven't read <laughs> but it's <laughs> goes back to my favourite saying as well it's like a seamless podcast now yeah everything in balance so caveman Andrew Tom go out hunting yep what do we catch? We catch a wild animal. What's that wild animal doing? It's grazing on everything else. Yeah. So not actually, eating maize. Not eating maize. Not eating maize. No. Or badgers. Bamboo, maybe. Bamboo. Yeah. 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 But where I'm kind of going with it is seal climbing. Balanced, balanced, <laughs> balanced wow. farming has everything, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so even if you have old-fashioned mixed farming. Mixed farming. Yeah, okay. But even if you're an arable farmer, you still try and farm in a mixed manner because you import manures. You import organic matter. Yep. So you try and find balance in the world in which you have control of. Yep. So in actual fact, you know, everyone says, oh, well, everyone needs to become not eat cows. I'm not going to use the phrasing. Well, that's fine, but then actually that's putting too much pressure on other parts of our society, other parts of the world, other parts of processing. Everyone of them want to produce 15 tonne of hectare wheat yields. Well, how are you going to achieve that? Well, not by being a bit warm and fuzzy around the edges. No. Everyone wants to move away from monocultures. Yeah. So, you're giving me that look. I'm thinking that... I think that's wind. We... <laughs> we... And this is a conversation I had a lot recently. Is around the need for agriculture to continue producing. You know, populations can be at 10 billion at some point. We can already feed 10 billion people. We grow enough food, we produce enough food to feed the population. You know, it's the waste, the overconsumption, and I know I'm saying that as I'm tucking into a dessert that we really don't need. <laughs> but it's that, isn't that the problem? So humans are the issue. Agriculture is supplying. Yes, yeah, is, is supply. Exactly that. I think that's that's. It was like you said earlier on, isn't it? You go from grains. You then decide that actually you're wealthy enough and producing enough grains that you can then feed the chickens. Yep. You then feed the chickens. You actually say, well, actually, I'm wealthy enough now. I can now feed the pigs. Yep. Oh, hang on a minute. I'm, this is my world's changing. I can now feed a cow, and I can eat that cow yep. rather than just use that cow for milk. Yep. Absolutely. And, and so on and so forth. But it's it's where that balance is, isn't it, for each of our producers? But that's in, and that's the capitalistic world that we live in, and we're not going to get away from that. So it's a case of in our lifetime, nothing's going to change. Society. I like cow. Society isn't going to change enough for us to be able to address the paradigm or the, the, the rabbit hole that we found ourselves in as a human race. So we've kind of got to accept that. You know, it's easy for us to sit here and talk about, you know, we'd love to do this and let's, you know, let's adopt a China policy where we only have 
one child and you get given rations that you know enough calories to sustain you for the day and that's it that's all you get that's not going to happen in our life and it'll probably come in a nice little backpack as well absolutely yeah. absolutely or well, suppository there was a there was a go direct to source my mum said about it she watched something on Netflix there was a 16 um, year old girl from Australia that sailed around the world 200 and something odd days she did not stop at port once so she took all the food that she needed in those little you know freeze dried yeah to survive 206 days on a very small little boat well if I was to put 260 odd days worth of my food that I consume and buy from the supermarket I guarantee you it wouldn't fit in a little boat it would probably need a very great shipping container the amount that we consume you'd do a massive shit when you got back though wouldn't you probably not after eating that that would probably be the problem sloshing around the bottom of the boat dear Dukalax I have a mission for you can you please help with my new project dear Jim oh no can't say that now can we can you fix it for me no, he's probably not going to help you with that issue. No, no. <laughs> so, the slippery slope. Yeah, slippery slope. So, so we've got on, we've got, we've got balance. Yeah. Mixed fire. We've got, but not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, that's, that's the golden shrine though, isn't it? That's the idealism. But everybody says that Gabe's five principles, oh, keep going back to this Blake too much yeah. bloody airtime, is integration of, excuse me, integration of livestock. Well, a number of agronomists I've spoken to and people that we work with say, well, that's the one that you can probably get away with by importing a bit of digestate. Yeah, but digestate isn't a silver bullet. That's not the same as integrating livestock. The benefits that come with integrating livestock isn't just the manure. You cannot import manure and get all the benefits that livestock could bring by actually grazing your fields. But then that's, that's another mindset change, isn't it? That if you then look at... A more holistic control of black grass where you know fields are put down to grass, yeah. all of a sudden beef suddenly appears. Yeah. Beef animals will start grazing for on a two year rotation. Beef animals, do you mean cows? It's <laughs> <laughs> just being pedantic. Yeah, I and mean, I'm not talking about you know freight of backpacks. Okay. You know. Fair enough. Sorry, I'm just being a twat for the sake of it. Um, <laughs> I don't know, there's some comeback on that, isn't there? But I'm trying to think of one, and they're all quite rude, so I probably yeah. won't. You'll be driving home, and it will suddenly dawn on you, and I'll get a phone call. <laughs> Anyone think you know me? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then we're, we're, we keep sort of bouncing around about this whole... But I, I want to pick is... you up. I want to pick you up on balance. Good luck, you hurt your back. Right. <laughs> I would. Balance. Now, people say about balance. Balance is, again, I keep talking about it, dynamic. So balance, it's like um, it's like um, inflation in a society for economics. It gets keeps getting adjusted to bring things to a level. So I think balance is a very so you is balance the same as saying oh I've had a really excellent yield this year, terrible yield the following year. So on average, on balance, I've had an average year. That's not balance, though, is it? That's a snapshot. Balance is five years, ten years. Yeah, no, fair enough. But what I'm saying, so this balance is quite a dynamic thing. It's not like about a, a stasis. It's not about doing everything the same all the time. But it's not possible the same in culture that doesn't work because you say we're mo- working with a, a dynamic people, system. Yeah, I know, but that's what it's always been, is to try and 
bring down these swings so that you're getting a more constant by using sort of like the X amount of nitrogen, X amount of phosphorus by putting your fungicides on. What you're trying to do is it's just great. It's just like I've lit the fuse and now I can run away. Yeah, <laughs> which but it is, is it's, no, you're and right. That's and balance. But that's that's the way in which we've been using the soil. Is we've been using the soil not as the dynamic living organism that it is, but as simply as a medium to grow crops yeah. through the use of inputs. But that that phrasing is so different to every single individual, every single farm, yeah. even down to every single field, because every single field has a personality, so, mm. you know, you might, I don't know, patchwork one over patchwork two, mm. you know, there's only a hedge between them, but then all of a sudden one of them's getting 160 kilos of nitrogen and the other one's getting 180, 200. Yeah. Mm. But there's a, there's a balanced decision as to why that's happening. And that's that's what I see as being really really important. Yeah. But it's all irrelevant if the foundations are all on the wonk. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. But part of those foundations, if if you've got a soil and it's not fit for growing a crop, do you grow it anyway and just bung loads of synthetics at it for the economics? Or do you well, say the, econo the economics are false, aren't they? If your soils, you're not going to get a yield that supports the amount of gumph guff that you need to throw at it to make it actually grow. Yeah, but I'd, I'd argue that a lot of farming is on sort of like marginal land, just bung a little bit more nitrogen on it, you're going to get a bit of a... Well, that's using the soil as a medium as opposed exactly. to what it actually is. But you think, you know, those hedges that were put in to the British landscape, you know, generations ago, mm. were put there for a reason. Yeah, to keep the poor people out. <laughs> <laughs> the plebeians, get off my land, you. Be gone. But it's, it's, it's the, the people farming the land then, you know, generations ago, knew that that field was a good arable field, so we'll put a hedge around it and we'll grow crops there. The next field, although it's literally the other side of the hedge, never did as well, we'll have that as a grazing paddock. Yeah, but Whereas, got, that's, all, that's all going into reverse now, isn't it? We're moving back to it, but I think now people were doing that and making those decisions because they had a sense of, they observed you know, exceptionally well what was happening year on year on balance, whereas now I would argue we've almost got a little bit lazy and we'll turn to technology, you know, soil sampling machines that are attached to the side of a golf buggy or yeah. drones or whatever it might be to try and determine where is good and where is bad mm. and what we can do. So you'll know yield mapping, etc. drones, that corner of the field never yields very well, right, let's plant some trees or do something different with it. And that's where some of those gov government subsidies have really been a bit of a trigger, haven't they? Do you remember yeah. when the, not this current wave of good ideas, but the last wave of good ideas came out, you know, lots of corners were, were planted up with bird seed, budgery garments, whatever it happened to be, trees, for exactly that reason. And, you know, we are focusing more and more on the land that will sing a tune for us in terms of crop production. But I also think, you know, we mentioned about technology and how things keep sort of revolutionary will keeps going round, you know. We start talking about placement fertilisers, we start talking about, well, how much can we put down there, how can we keep it there? If I grow a crop, can I just get away with doing that and then can I put on something foliar at the end of it to finish it off? All of a sudden, you've got so many different tools that we better understand now than we used to understand, but it's... Thank you, Thank you very much. much. Would you like any teas or coffees or anything else? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's about having awareness of what you can do to help create that fine line of balance. Hmm.
Don't sigh at me like that. No, I'm not sighing. I just, I just think it's awful. That was a big, that was a big head of breath. When you look like that, he accused you of having wind. What are we going to say he's got? I have got wind. No, I think that's fine. And I think, I love gadgets. I love science. I love numbers. It's fantastic. But ultimately... It is, it's exactly what you said, it's a snapshot. So I, I remember I used to work for um, Unilever doing like, um, various roles, and that one of them was um, looking at vining peas, bird's eye peas. And Unilever yeah. agriculture, not Unilever soap. No, not soap. <laughs> no, no, no. I did do, um, well, no, let's not go there. But um, it was um, one of the things as we're looking at yield mapping. And you know the pea season is very short, so they said, right, let's put the yield mapping on all the, um, the pea viners and that sort of thing. And then after the like the season, we sat down with all these maps. And it's like, well, peas are what use is this to us now? We're not going to be into this field for another season. So you, there's no point doing technology for the sake of technology. And I think sometimes it's. Le- learning the fields by letting them fail or throw up some surprising results is more useful than sort of like concentrating down. Because so, but yeah, one of my co- one, of, one of my colleagues once said to me that data is king. Mm. Data is king. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Then, but it, there comes a point where you have to understand how to make it king. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just have terabytes and terabytes of data yeah. that you don't know what to do with. So your vining and P, just don't your let the marketing P, people get hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> your your vining P exercise. What you should have been doing is looking at the yield and then thinking, okay, what do we now need to do for our following crop? If that's a good yep. bit, that's a bad bit, and that's a that's a moderate bit. So that now means that actually, if I'm going to go wheat, do I need to go out and dare I say it, dig a hole <laughs> and understand what's going on, and maybe use it that way? And, and that's the problem. Isn't it? You know, we, we're going through this constant change where we're getting bombarded with all this data. How we use it, how we interpret it—that's the bit that's always changed. Mm. So everyone says, "Oh, you know, all this," and all my colleagues and friends are now going to laugh at me because I'm going to start talking about drones. Hmm. But see, look, they're already starting. Hmm. That was the wind. Oh, <laughs> it's not not as humorous. Um, drones are an interesting thing in the sense of they do currently fit the gap between high-flying satellites and an agronomist. Mm. But there's no replacement for any one of those parts, but they're all a tool to produce data to help you make a decision. Yeah. So we'll go full circle back to why do I like less is more? Well actually if I fly a drone over my crop as it's developing, I can see what areas they're establishing better. I can see where I've got greater canopy cover, less canopy cover. That then can then help influence me about what nutrition I put where. If there's a if there's a problem thank you. If there's a problem, do I go to that area and do I tell my agronomist and do I go out there and then say, well, okay, that we got we got an issue over there. That's not growing that well. Hmm. Identify so many things, and all it's doing is streamlining it every single step, every single decision you now make, every single insurance stack you now make in growing a crop can have this whole myriad of data behind it. It doesn't have to come from a drone. It doesn't have to come from a satellite. It can come from your agronomist coming back to you and saying. X, Y, and Z across that field. But it's still backing up that decision, isn't it? And actually, the the key decision here is, do I or don't I? Well, if you don't, all of a sudden you're putting on less, which is is where the winds are. 
And I know everyone will look at me and go, well, why do you but want to sell? But that's real-time use of data. Yeah. And whereas the, the, the bird's eye example was, we're a bit late now. <laughs> We've all yeah, but this, is, this is where you've got the disconnect from someone like bird's eye that possibly has rented a field yeah. or a block of ground yeah. where they go in, right, well, let's do a yield map. And they won't go back to that somebody else's field. Well, this, is, this brings me to potatoes. How can you have regen potatoes if most of the land potatoes is rented? Yeah. They don't give a flying... Fudge, do they? Really? No, you've got potatoes is different. They're well, they do. A far fed field washes down through, you know, some yeah. poor little Devon High Street, and they're the that ones that are then tarnished. Happen. Doesn't it? Yes, it does. Oh. Happen. Yes. Uh, they are then tarnished with the ones for being the baddies. Yeah. So actually, yeah, you have got to do something. And again, it goes back to the stereotype of what region actually means. Mm. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? <laughs> The microphone is now firmly yes. shoved underneath my chops. Yeah, um, get closer. What does regen mean to me? I, I'm a little bit with Andrew on this. I think it is just something we've always done with the farming. You know, it's it's it's, it's nothing particularly new. All farmers want to protect their biggest resource, i.e., the soil. The thing is, now we just know more about it, don't we? So we can understand that. Oh, hang on a minute. Muck is good for my soil. Organic matter is something I do need to be worried about. You know, I don't need a bulldozer that to turn it over. Just because they can get paid for the carbon credits. Well, no, because they can only. <laughs> they can only. I can either confirm or deny. I have any opinion of that last statement. Um, uh, so I you're working I... with farmers. More, you're actually on farm more than what I am, or what Carl is. So you're actually at the coalface far more than what we are. Oh, there we go. Where's this going? No, and it's it's to get to gauge the you know, are people looking to improve soils because it's the right thing to do for them, their farm, their farming sort of profitability. The, the so you're missing, you're missing the, the word there. It's business. And, yes. And here so we go. Here's, here's, your, here's your buzzword. Resilient. Resilient. Because they, they want to be doing it next year. Yeah. Or are they doing it because they see it as a potential income stream and actually if we increase organic matter we can get paid a bit more. So what, because they're both achieving the same thing, which is ultimately the good thing. Yes, but, but one's, they're doing it for one's only come around motive. to serve the other because of the wider world. Yeah. So farmers have been looking after soils and want to look after soils because they know if they do that, then they can use, in theory, less inputs in volume, they can use different types of inputs, still achieve the same margin, and all of a sudden the offshoot of that is, you know, some rather large gas-guzzling industry somewhere has decided that if they want to be deemed healthy, their government's leaning on them, well, where are they going to get that carbon footprint reduction? Well, hang on a minute. Oh, look, agriculture. Oh, oh hang on a minute. He's, he's now doing some good stuff. And that's where, and I'm not going to get into it because I don't want you getting on your high horse, but that's when all these carbon credits came about. And that's why all of a sudden you were tied for three or four years because those big scary industries had to cover their backsides for that time period so that their government were kept happy, quiet, whatever it might be. Flip that all around. Now we're starting to see how an individual business can benefit from what they're doing and it only needs to be for a year. Mm -hmm. So again, there's a whole other industry that's evolving. But if Mr. Grower can go and practice regeneratively, Hmm. Conservationally, yep. whatever you'd like to. You got any others you want to dab it with? Agroecologically. Ecology. My head. 
Ag- agroecology, <laughs> yeah. Agroecology. Yeah, yeah, agroecology, yeah. I'd listen to that podcast. Scientology. Yeah. <laughs> Bestiology. <laughs> now we can talk about some websites. Yeah, yeah. You did tell me so that. Search history's coming back up again. It is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, no, is, it, these yeah. podcasts are sort of, you know, there's a nice cyclic sort of behaviour to them. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's probably a fair point. You know, it's not necessarily chicken and the egg, but it seems to be a little bit chicken and the egg with the carbon side of things. I just wondered what the general consensus was on farm but it's to the motivations for doing it and I think you've, you've answered that yeah. relatively well and succinctly so are you telling them that they're regen because they're buying regen stuff and doing regen stuff I don't talk or about do regen they, I don't talk no, about regen no. good good man or are they doing stuff and they consider them regen or they're just doing what they do they're just farming they're just farming excellent but, you know because but it's like everyone isn't it and, I, and I, you know I feel bad for a lot of the modern generation. Don't get me wrong, I don't like kids. No. They do my nutting. That's why me and Mrs. have never had any. Far too selfish. Yeah. Um, But the the point of that weird tangent was everything has to have a label in today's society. And look at the kids of today. Good God, they they can literally take a CV into primary school with a list of various different four-letter... Whatever's yeah, acronyms, yeah. thank you. You can see what mine would have been. Um, to be able to be identified, but that doesn't yeah. make them them. So we don't need to label a farmer regen to make him a farmer. He needs farming because he probably wants his son, his daughter, his whatever it might be, to be that next generation. They want that, and it's you know probably one of my more favourite buzzwords. They want that resilience to be able to keep going in today's very very threatening industry. The only yeah. time people label themselves is when they're looking to market something. So, if, oh, right, John McCain. <laughs> You've got a lot of coughs. <laughs> Tell you what, I need some more diet cake. Oh, should I go and get something? Like you two carry on. I'll go. And... That was that was a joke. Was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's very kind of you to look after me, darling. So thoughtful. He is, isn't he? Considerate, yeah. yeah. Oh, what you said about him isn't true. Well, mm, we'll catch him on a good day. A lot of it is. Catch him on a good day. No, I think, I think that's the point. I think, you know, farmers would farm and continue to farm however they thought was best for them and their farm, their soils, their business. But doesn't that link into it's what James was saying in this podcast when, when you had James on? He was, Absolutely. He, he was, he was yeah. talking about the fact yeah. of... I don't consider myself to be this, a the regenerative yeah, farmer. I yeah. don't need a label. No, no. I am a diverse business. Yeah. And but what if what if a company came along or a collective came along and said, if you label yourself as a regen farmer, we can sell your product or market your product, produce, for a premium and you can get paid a bit more, do you think he'd probably jump at the chance? Probably. So this is... I, d- I don't care what it says yeah, on my business no. card, but I still get paid at the end of the month. This is the thing, is is as soon as you label it, then it obviously has a, you know, the stigma comes around with it and everything is... But it's not a stigma, it's depending on which side of the fence you're sat on. Depends which side of the fence you're sat on. Um, but as soon as you start public, labeling things... Public perception, isn't it? Yeah. Which I think is driven by supermarkets and marketing again. So farmers should just be farming and doing what works and what's right for them, whatever that is or looks like or whatever form it takes. Marvellous, that's stop. good then. Yeah, that's good. Solve right. the world. We fixed it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's brilliant. There's three non-farmers have now fixed farming. I like brilliant. that. Yeah. Well done, chaps.
It's too much like hard work farming, you can get me doing it. I think I could be an arable farmer. Oh, here we go, here we go. Oh, it's all shooting and going skiing. skiing. Tell me I'm wrong, how many of your customers are currently skiing or have been skiing they've, or they've are unavailable because they're shooting? How many dairy farmers do you know that are now looking at getting a grant for robots? Lots. Yeah, there you go then. Yeah, lots. How lots, many of those lots, farmers lots. are now learning that technology can help them go skiing and shooting more? It doesn't. That, 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 that. doesn't Did there's still work to be done oh. every day of the year. But there is an arable farming. Mm. So you're telling me that every arable farmer across the country is now banging out 15 tonnes a hectare going, yippee! No. Right, okay. But I reckon most of them went skiing this winter. <laughs> Everyone's or shooting. Al- everyone's or shooting. allowed a bloody hol- hobby. Everyone's allowed a holiday. Not if you're a dairy farmer. 365 See, days of a year. It's just fitness coming out now. Yeah, this is this is <laughs> exasperated sigh. Insert here. <laughs> Podcast note for Mister Sincock. There. This is this is the trying to get a little bit of um, controversy. To, to wind you're the just two coming, arable farms. You're just up. coming across no, 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 back up. Because I, I spent five years every winter on a dairy farm feeding, fixing. If I, fi- if I broke it, I fixed it. And if yeah. he broke it, he told me to fix it. <laughs> dairy farming is. All farming is a vocation of one sort or another. And I bet you, in t- there's the number of livestock farmers that now don't better understand their own well being. It's very, very small. Yeah, I would agree. It's with getting that. small. Because the one thing that I'm really proud of is the whole mental health part of agriculture now. Where we are, where we're going, how we talk. I mean, it's like, you know, I could talk to either of you two about the weather, what I bought in a shop last night, to actually talking turkey and talking about some business. Years and years ago, it would have been a lot more practical, it would have been a lot more matter of fact. But actually, we all now realise that we're all human. Just because he's the boss and I'm the grunt doesn't make you a better person. I used to hate at harvest the real machos. Why did you have to go back to arable farming? No, no, this is important. Because you're talking about the mental health. And there's this real thing, this real push. Oh, I did so many hours. I only slept for two hours this month. I put 26 hours yesterday. Did you know that? Did you? Is that all? What did you do after? Lunch. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, no, we laugh, but it's uh, during the harvest, you'd be up at the crack of dawn and it'd be like midnight and get home. Yeah. And it's just, it's not sustainable, it's not healthy. And yet, the number of people that are doing that because of the pressures of weather, the pressures of machinery available, financial, financial pressure. It's, it's enormous, and it's and people are going to probably take the piss out of me now, but it, it, I doubt it. It just absolutely wears you down. I can't do it anymore. Mm. I'm nearly sixty. I just couldn't do it. Done like a day of a thirty chap. Oh bless you. That's halfway to sixty. <laughs> halfway to sixty. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but was, so my, my and I think you made a point. I think my granddad used to say that you look after the cows and they'll look after you. Mm-hmm. Well, I sort of think you go one step further and say you look after the soil and the soil will look after the cows that then look after you. But I think you can go one further again and say that you've, to do any of that, you've got to look after yourself first. Absolutely. And I think there is a realisation that actually, you know, your own mental, physical well-being is the foundation upon which your farm is built, not necessarily the soil. I think I've got, and this isn't a brag, 
but there's probably over a thousand contacts in my phone at the moment of various different people, colleagues, peers in the industry, farmers, nice. <laughs> dickheads. Yeah, two that pick um, up when he calls. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see your number, it's blocked. Um, but the whole point is, out of all those people, there's probably not one person that I don't start a conversation with, how are you? Mm. Yeah. That's because I'm polite. Mm. That's because I have a genuine interest yeah. in how you're getting on. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with no. talking. And, and you know, I've had so many conversations with farmers now about how they're dealing with, or being more aware of what they're doing when they're sat in a tractor yeah. for those 26 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, I mean, the, that's the British That's, a, that's British. a long podcast yeah. we're going to have to do to yeah. fill that as 26 hours. We are. We're getting close to it, though, so we're going to have to start winding up. So. Yeah, but this is the second half. This is the second half. So we didn't have oranges and like change ends, did we? So I still consider it the same half. So that's a sporting reference for all of you. Oh, was it? I yeah. wasn't wondering. Yeah. It was lost. Oh, that was for you. It was for me. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, I, just, I want to come back at you. So about um, arable farms and that going shooting and skiing and that. You've got all those sexy animals. Yep. So you know, I, I I jest, and I have, and I know plenty of dairy farmers that go skiing, and I also know plenty of dairy farmers that go shooting. Um, but that's not going to stop me from winding up no. arable farmers for going shooting and skiing. Fair enough. Get back and I say that because I've not been skiing for about five years, and I'm extremely jealous of anybody that does go. Yeah. 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 enemy. I know. Next year, maybe. Do you know what? I got, told, I got told off the other day because my current saying of default is, oh yeah, we'll look at it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> because tonight comes and you're both like a pair of cabbages on yeah, the sofa it thinking, doesn't happen. oh my god, that's a busy day. Yeah. I meant tomorrow happen. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> The art of procrastination. Yeah, we're good at that. We're very good at that. Procrastination is the thief of... Oh, fuck it, I'll get up tomorrow. <laughs> yes, Dad. <laughs> I thought I'd show you money. So where have we got? Right, so we've talked about balance. I think it's a dynamic balance. Um, we've talked about using more, no less, to get more. We don't have to paint the whole countryside and make it look like it's snow to get a crop. Mm. No. 100%. So, regenerative agriculture, it's a thing, but it's not necessarily a thing that farmers need need or are aware of or even want to do. Um, Andrew's very, very bitter. Um, Tom's very, very energised. I'm just a pervert. Um, so, what, what, what's the what's the outcome of this podcast? What's the outcome of it? Don't, yeah, we don't know. Hang on, hang on. I'm just trying to need to be an outcome. No, we don't know, does it? Because we've just said the whole point of agriculture is cyclic. I have been brought up. With Hollywood movies, Hollywood and stuff. Do you say Bollywood or Hollywood? <laughs> well, I no, I'm not going to go there. So there's a narrative. There's a nice start, middle. Oh my end. God! Do you want the foreword? I, I want this to. I don't want this to just.